sometimes people need to drown. When you get to the bottom of the ocean and you are about to die, that's when you wake up to what you need to do to really, truly save yourself. And that was that moment. That was that pivoting moment for you. Mm -hmm. It's when you're like, hey, I got it. I need to start working on myself because if I don't work on myself, there's no way I can survive here. Hello and welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast with Vivian and Adriano. Today we have a very special guest. All our guests are very special, it seems. It's probably the same intro every time. Austin Harless, ladies and gentlemen. Yay, Austin. Woo! Woo! Use the thing. Use the thing. I'm not using that thing. Please use the thing. I don't want to use it. I'm not going to talk until you put it on. Give me the applause. He's my child. I'm just putting the camera on you. You're the camera's on you, Viv. No, there is no podcast until you put the applause. He's my child. Do it. I deserve the applause. I don't know which one it is. I'm going to go with yellow. If you guys don't know who Austin Harless is, um, he is Austin D'Andrea, actually, a.k.a. <laughs> he is uh, mine and Adriano's uh, oldest child. Uh, don't tell anybody I had him when I was 10 years old, but he is my child nonetheless. Um, Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce your yourself. And tell us a little bit of your story, you know, since you met me and your father. (laughs) From the very uh, beginning. From the beginning. In the beginning, (laughs) there was nothing but silence. And then Austin. Okay. I'm done. So the very beginning. You know, know, whenever your life started, which was um, two years ago. 2021. And and, and Adriano. (laughs) I grew very quick. Well, yeah, I'm 26. And how long have I been? With you guys now? Two years. Two, yeah, two and a half, too two long. years. Too long, too freaking long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I started, um, yeah, two and a half years ago. I was selling cars before uh, before I actually met you guys. And um, when was the first convention? Where were you selling cars? Uh, Virginia. Virginia. But where in Virginia? Uh, well, Blacksburg, Virginia. Blacksburg. Selling uh, Nissans. Oh, Amazing, right? Wow. So if you're from was Blacksburg, ba- Virginia, Virginia, and you ever got a Nissan, you probably bought a car from Austin Harless. I'm sorry I took him from you. Probably did. That was the greatest. You, no, just kidding. Number one producer, number one salesman at Nissan Just for a couple Blacksburg. months. Yeah. Very small area. But anyways, I thought I was making it. Uh, I was like selling 20 plus cars, and I was making barely over... $10,000 before taxes. And then after taxes, I was getting uh, like nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, this is degrading very quickly. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. And uh, my um, my dad had mentioned FFL. And then, you know, I was like, that is ridiculous. This is definitely a scam. It's there's there's no way. Not, not a thing. And then I went to the convention in Miami. No, you talked to me on the phone first. Oh, we did talk. Jocelyn was super pregnant. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. You have a child, remember? I got on the phone with you between appointments. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to get my license. I'm like, okay, get your license and call me when your license is I forgot is we talked before I even had my license. And I was like, hey, if you want to really do something for your wife and wife-to-be and daughter, like this is the way to go. And then you failed your license seven times. It was <laughs> one. It was one time. No, but at one, when I did fail it, I was I was done. I was I didn't want to take it. I made a sixty nine. You got to make a seventy. So I was like, you know what? This happens to me all the time. I'm not doing it. Screw it. Whole way home. I was like complete silence. You know, nothing on the radio. I was just real mad. And Jocelyn was like, "Grow up. 
just go back and take it. So then I took it, passed it, and I think it was within a week we went to the convention where it was like in seven different areas. And that's where I met you. And then I was still working, uh, still selling cars. And I asked you, Jimmy, should I quit? What do I need to do? And yeah, he was like, uh, quit your epping job. You're making $5,000 a month. Wow. Okay, took, I got a 90 on the first time and it took me three days to get my license. I'll just throw that in there. Hey, hey, the hey, same hey. thing. Uh, it's really not that hard if you actually listen to the people trying to help you. Um, and then I told you, don't do it. I yeah, said, you did tell me I said, to do it. Nah, Viv will tell everyone to quit Now, the story was that we were sitting after convention and it was amazing. I was freaking seven months pregnant. I wasn't supposed to be a convention, but I was there anyway because, you know, nobody tells me what to do. So um, after convention, we were sitting at our favorite pizza place and then you come to us and say, hey, Viv, so should I just quit my job and just do this full time? And I looked at you and I said, did you tell me you make like three grand a month? Quit your job. What do you mean? Just put your back against the wall. And then Adriana's like, uh, why did you ask her that? Why Why would you ask her that? Yeah, he was like, you already knew what the answer was going to be. See, yeah, well, Viv and I play good cop, bad cop a lot. And it's kind of our sh- our shtick. <laughs> But, I mean, I still would have told you okay. not to do it anyway. But that's the truth. So, quit your job. Went back to Virginia. Yeah, went back. Put my two weeks notice in. There was like, here's a box. You go and you pack up today. We don't need you. And then I show up to the house. My back, uh, my box full of all my goodies from my special little office there at the dealership. Uh, and Jocelyn's looking at me. She's like, what are you doing? Because she's not much pregnant. <laughs> she is, uh, she's this, the size of a boulder. She's like, she's about to pop. A little move, and there's Sailor. Uh, <laughs> a 13-pound baby, oh, yeah. Sailor Ray. Yeah, she's, oh, Lord. Mongolian warrior when she came out. I, I, there's pictures, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think they switched the babies or something happened. Because he well, doesn't look gonna, the same. She was just going to be an extra on, on Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> and then yeah. one of the Amazon, Amazonian, you know. She, so. yeah. Uh, it was it was the craziest thing. Because uh, I, I was scared to death when, um, when I showed back up to the house. And I didn't have a job. I don't even think I'd got my license yet. No, I didn't even think you didn't even have a license yet. yet. You were waiting for something. There was something that was missing. And then even have yeah, I didn't have no contract or nothing. He was like, "All right, bye, leads. You're gonna call him tomorrow, and then you're gonna run appointments, you know, the next day." Because what did I dial on a run day? You dialed on a Tuesday. So this happened. You quit on a Monday. So they let you go, and then I said, "You're gonna get your leads, sit down, and gonna dial tomorrow." So you dialed on a Tuesday. You was not a dial day at the time. We were still all in the field, so it was like we're still dialing yeah. Mondays and Thursdays. So you sat down by yourself and you dialed. And do you remember how many appointments you booked? I thought it was eight, but I think you said six. I think no, it was eight. that sounds right. Eight, eight appointments. It was eight appointments. You sat with six people. Yeah. And I just told you, you know, just go out there, talk to people, make some friends, and like, then call me from the freaking appointment and let me help you close them. But but the yeah. the interesting thing about Austin's first like venture into the field, is that dude, you you. You wrote paper apps, yeah. Because you no didn't have appointments yet. I still the, have that. What are those things called? It's like the, it's a big plastic thing, and you can put like a bunch of files in it. I still have them on the back of my car too, even though I don't run any home appointments anymore. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I still have it with yeah, paper apps in it. Yeah, you have like a. Why do you still have that, dude? We're all electronic now. Just put it in the box. 
Okay. You know, just well. you never know. You can go. You might go into somebody's home, and there's no internet, and that paper app's gonna be handy. But we don't go into people's homes anymore, so we might have to That's send it through with the owl. Put have the owl the deliver. Owl. Yeah, the owl will <laughs> deliver the paper app. They will sign it and back. <laughs> I prefer ravens, to be honest. But <laughs> owls are my sister's thing. But uh, all right, this is this is great. <laughs> yeah, where were we even at? So. <clears throat> The so you went to the field. Went into the, went to the field. Went to the field. Uh, well, before that, when I was printing the paper apps, I had a panic attack. Like Jocelyn had come up and like grabbed me from behind because I was freaking out because the printer stopped working. It was a. Then little, you had to buy another printer. Yeah, it was a you know the wedding stuff, and it would print off like it was really tiny, one little HP thing. It print off thirty pieces of paper, <laughs> and ink was out. So I ran to Walmart early in that morning to, to finish the rest of the the leads and the application. I was just freaking out. But went out there, and I remember my first appointment in Roanoke. God bless my soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, it was just weird. I mean, because a lady was just like, you know, we're sitting there doing the, I'm doing the financial inventory stuff, and she's just smoking a cigarette, just like blowing it in my face. and like, <laughs> this is great. I love what I'm doing here. And then you sent me a picture of an appointment, and the lady is, is, is milking a cow. My first American policy. And you're freaking policy, writing yeah. a policy right there, and she's milking a cow. And I'm like, you're kidding me. This is happening. Because I had to borrow my dad's car, because I wasn't going to take the, uh, the truck, because it was a lease. I knew I was going to be driving 200 miles a day. So I take my dad's car, and this lady lives. It's a place called Floyd, and she lives on a farm. Not even gravel road. It was mud, and it just—it's been snowing, so it had melted, and it was just mud. So I take that thing. I get the car stuck. His car's got mud all over it, and ends up messing up. I mean, there's like mud caked up underneath the car. Get there, walk in. Uh, yeah, she's got a cow in, <laughs> inside her house. I still have the inside picture and everything. Inside the house, but inside, or in it's the like garage. A, well, but it's like a garage thing. It was like a house that they took everything out of, and it was like their garage so kind of like thing. So like a barn slash garage. But the, yeah. the question is, did she give you any milk? Did you taste Nothing milk? at all. Why? Why she do you think that is? I don't know. Probably because it's gross. Cheese? Maybe cheese? <laughs> Nothing. No cheese, I no milk? Not, I mean, from the look of all that, I wouldn't have took anything. <laughs> so, so you go out there, um, you run your eight appointments, you call me from every single one of them, and uh, you helped how many families that day? I thought it was, was it 12? 13. Close. 13 families in one day, guys. No electronic applications. Had no freaking clue what he was doing. Like, he quit his job. He didn't even have a license yet. Like, he was still waiting for the appointments. And um, uh, 13 families, first day. It was, but the thing is, like, you call me from every, I told you, hey, mm -hmm. I'm in the field. Call me whenever you're there. If they tell you they want to think about it, call me. Do this. And, and like, just, just so freaking coachable. And it's it's very hard to find people that are like that. Um, and uh, so, okay, so you got your appointments, got your e-apps. Let's just fast forward just so you guys know who Austin Harless is. Yes, he is our son, for real. I have three children. I have Austin, Owen, and Luca. They're all boys. They're all like, like, act like they're the same age. Uh, one is two, the other one's 12, the other one's 26. Uh, but uh, you, Austin is uh, one of the top producers in uh, Adelife. 
Uh, he uh, will help up to 100 families every single month. Uh, he does everything virtual. No more driving, no more cows, no more, no no more, more. Quaze, crazy, you know, dangerous cities out there. No more 200 miles a day. Uh, everything virtual, 100% Zoom now. Uh, and he is not living in Virginia anymore. He lives in, uh, uh, he's my neighbor now. He lives in Pembroke Pines, Florida. So he lives in South Florida. He just got his dream car. He, drives on, he lives on his dream house. He's doing just fine, aren't you? Awesome. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. That meditation, it's it's honestly insane to look back of like the first place I dreamed of is having like an all white like house. I wanted like a nice view. When what, I, when what, I was living what in, meditation are you referring to? No, just so people, we'll, go back. we'll go back and we'll go back. Hold right, on. But let's like drop it in there. Yeah. The sixth phase meditation, right? By Vishen Lakyani. Yeah. So that's what he's talking about. So pick it up from there. Just I just want the viewers to know what we're talking about. So yeah, when I started doing that, uh, it's I don't remember what's maybe the third or fourth phase where you have to like visualize your future, you know, two to three years or maybe three to four years. And I've always wanted a Tesla. I mean, I the Cybertruck. I don't know if it's ever gonna get made. I know you just want to drive the same car <laughs> you that your whistle. mommy, same car that mommy drives. You want to drive it? It's I okay. Think I talked to you. I'll share. That I'll share it with you. I drive a Model X, and you need to get a Model X. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I wanted it before you, I believe. That you is probably true. did. That is true. <laughs> you that is absolutely true. did. It's okay, but I got it first. But that's irrelevant. Because so I'm mommy. Please continue. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, whatever the, the, that phase is, you talk about your, your future. Like, what, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you smell? So like a white interior, like home. Like I wanted just all white. And then I wanted a Model X sitting in the driveway. Do you have it now? I do. And the first place we moved into, which was in Doral, it was all white. They said it was a penthouse, but it was like small for a penthouse. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it was very but it had a, small. Very, had, a, had a nice view and it was all white and it was good to, to get out of Virginia to just get us here. And then now we live in like, it's a bigger home. It's a little bit over double the size of where we were at. And it's got a pool, got a place for the dogs and the Model X is sitting right outside with white interior and it's... It's still nuts. It doesn't even make sense. So, okay. so hold on, hold that thought. So, you mentioned that you you left Virginia, right? Why? Like, why did you want to move to Miami, or why did you want to experience something different for yourself? Well, I wanted to get around you guys because um, they say like iron sharpens iron. You know, like the people that you're around, you kind of you basically become them. And my friend group, I mean, they're still my friends, but all we did was drink. We would smoke marijuana that's what we would do we would stay up super late and you know play games all night didn't really have like a uh, a drive to do anything um my family love them to death but they like when we had a baby they always wanted to see sailor they wanted us to come hang out they want us you know see the baby we have a cookout do everything and i just feel like being in virginia around all that it was going to like hold me back because i mean the people that we you know, recruit now, I can see that happening. They're, they're a 1099 and they treat it like they're just self-employed and they, they have the biggest business in the world and they don't have to work. As soon as family's like, hey, come get, uh, come get lunch with us, they'll go. They won't sit there and dial, which I never did that. I'd like sacrificed everything. There for the first, well, nine months before we moved to Florida, I barely saw Sailor. But like now we, I can see her a lot more. So it was worth it. But I had to get out of there just because of the whole, the, I don't even know what you call it. The pullback from 
from family and just the friends wasn't going to benefit me. Makes so. sense. I, I, yeah. In, in other words, you outgrew your surroundings. Yeah. And it's not to put a knock on family and all that, but when the stakes are higher, usually people will rise to the occasion also. So I, I, I thanks for sharing that because people need to hear that. You know, a lot of people get into this and they think it's going to be a cakewalk and then they're still going to have their Saturday and Sunday pool days and every single weekend and like Friday rolls around and it's TGIF all over again and it's yeah. like, dude, you're 1099 and you're, you're in sales now. Like, I don't like the term sales, but... You're not basic, in sales. We don't do sales. You're yet. not in sales. Yeah. But like, if you don't help any families, which involves selling policies and protecting those families, you're making zero. Yeah. You're going back to the dealership. You're going back to your, you know, working at Kroger or wherever the heck you're working. Right. So which terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about like, so we talked about, you know, when it was bad, now it's really good. And then I like, I always like to break down that, uh, false premise that it's you know it's it's great like in two years you're able to come here you lives in in somewhere in virginia and and now you're living in miami you're driving a nice car you live in a nice house and like right but it doesn't happen that easy it's not easy so let's let's talk about what happened after that first day that you helped 13 families right so you went out there you helped 13 families and then you know like at the time it was only me like that was producing at a very high level and and everybody's looking oh who is this kid he's coming here he's succeeding and then something happened so tell everybody what happened to you after that first week that you just did really well you and your paper apps and 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 just just getting started really getting started with the the, the business well the adversity kicked in the uh the, the chargebacks the um I had those the 13 sales or whatever, or 13 families, and I was riding the high. And then, you know, they say to stay level at it. You know, you just got to, next day, you basically start at zero. Don't like ride that high, which I was. And I go out, and I think I was in Roanoke again. And I, I had a full day booked, and I got no-showed. I think it was two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. I may be sat with one person out of like 20 appointments. It was something insane. And I was like, this was before I did the meditation. So I got with you. It was like, Vivian, I don't know what's going on so i go to uh lynchburg so you change so guys this is what he did oh yeah he had he <laughs> had story. let me just break it down because he <laughs> speaks like you know so he had a very good first week then he goes on to start you know really working full-time so he's booking like jocelyn's super pregnant about to have a baby at any minute and then he starts booking all these like like a lot of appointments so he was booking like 15 to 25 appointments every single day and the thing is roanoke is like like a a, a poor would you say area on the area like yeah. lower income yeah. so then he goes hey i'm going out here i'm nobody showing i'm i only sat with one person the problem is that because this per this place is very low income i need to go to this other town however that's like a higher end town and there's like a college town so you get like you know i'm gonna get better business and i'm just sitting in there and i'm like hmm okay and then he, then he comes up with another excuse and i'm like hmm okay and he comes over and i'm like okay and he's like oh I, I he goes to this place and then he, he keeps having the same problems the same issues and then he goes hey i'm gonna go to D- i'm gonna buy leads at this town over here what town was it, it was like it was two lynchburg. hours away yeah it's lynchburg two hours away there's a yeah, yeah it's about two hours or two and a half 
and so I'm like, why was it so alluring to you, like enticing to go run in Lynchburg? I was thinking about the college that was there, which is Liberty University. Huge, beautiful school. I mean, I went toward it when I was in high school because that's where I wanted to play football at. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a lot better than Roanoke because, I mean, Roanoke's like, is bad. Really just poor area. And but at the same time, you're seeing David Witcher. Dave Witcher is running in Roanoke. Yeah. And he was like, issue, like protecting like 40, 40 families a month with a $1.5 million agency. So Dave is mm-hmm. in Roanoke posting pictures all day long of him protecting families. And now you come in with all these excuses. I'm, I'm just watching. I'm like, funny. I mean, I know that you're a brand new agent, but Dave is in that area and he's he's doing just fine. So so I say, okay, go ahead. So you go and you get those leads. You book like 10 appointments a day. Oh, yeah. Day? I had like, I think it was more like, I think it was like 12. I think it was like double booked. 12 appointments a day. And then you wake up like four o'clock in the morning. You're driving mm-hmm. to that place. You get there and then you're just running. And usually when you're running appointments, you're letting me know what's happening. You're posting in the leaderboards. And I hear zero from you all day long. And at the end of the day, guys, he calls me. He's like, Viv, you were right. I'm like, what do you mean I was right? I didn't say anything. And then he, and then he goes, yeah, there's something wrong. Do you remember like that conversation? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I said, Austin, I'm just going to ask you one thing. The leads you're buying is the same leads, right? The person that's dialing the leads is the same person. Um, you know, what is the only thing, like now you change cities, you went to a different city, like different incomes, different this, different that. What is the only thing that's in common between this place and this place? And what did you answer? Is me. You. Yeah. And that day, and, and I usually say, like, I don't know if you remember this, like, there was one time that you were like, you were going into a rage mode and I said, sometimes people need to drown. So when you get to the end, the bottom of the ocean, and you are about to die, that's when you wake up to what you need to do to really, truly save yourself. And that was that moment. That was that, that, that pivoting moment for you. Well, it which was surrender. Was, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's when you're like, hey, I got it. I, I recognize the issue is me. I need to start working on myself because if I don't work on myself, there's no way I can survive here. How was that? How was that moment for you? Like, what was going through your head and what, like, made you say, hey, I'm going to put in the work and I'll follow what what I need to do here? Well, to me, I just kind of looked at it. It was simple. It was you, you were doing it. You were writing a lot of business. And I had no idea, like, how to even really do this business. I still was, like, new. I didn't even know half the stuff that I was supposed to be doing. But you knew exactly what you were doing. You told me to do something. I just, it was like, follow the yellow brick road. There you go. And it was, it was just simple to me. So you told me to do something, so I, so I did it. I didn't like question it. You told me to do this meditation, which I thought was so stupid that <laughs> you even told me to do that. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I was like, I'm not going to sit and lay down for 20 minutes before I go to the gym and meditate. That's it. And that, that's what I, what I did, guys. I'll tell you guys what I told uh, 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 Austin. And I tell every single one of our agents. Like, we have a, a very, very strict mindset training for everybody to go through. And I think that that is one of the things that if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have what we have today. Just like you, we used to, I used to visualize the house we live in today. I used to visualize the cars. I used to visualize my freaking barbecue. 
like us having like you know barbecue party the pool everything we have today i used to visualize it three years ago so um i i went on nice i told you i said austin if you don't take care of your mind you know, if you don't take care of yourself, it's 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 all gonna go down. So the first thing is like this business is one hundred percent mindset. So I told mm. I told Austin to, you know, start doing this mindset, this mindset training, which is every morning when you wake up before you go pee, before you go, you know, look at your phone, before you go get a glass of water, you open your eyes, you put your headset in, and you're gonna do the six phase meditation by Vishen Lakiani, which is one of the 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 the, the the trainings that he has on his Mind Valley, Mind Valley uh, uh, platform. Um, then you're gonna write down, you know, five things you're grateful for. Um, you're gonna read a book. I had him start listening to Unstoppable by, Unstoppable by, by Dave Anderson. That is, that was huge. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah, that helped out a lot. What changed, like, when you started listening? And the thing, that book, I think it's the one book that you need to listen to. Like, mm-hmm. reading is really good, but listening to that book is huge. Yeah. I mean, I, all my books I have to listen to. I can't, like, if I read something, I don't know what I just read. I got to, like, listen to it over and over and over. But where Dave Anderson, like, labels these people, like Game Changers, The Undertakers, and um, what was the other one? Toxic Archievers. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I was definitely... Because uh, he makes a lot of references to car sales, like 10 car Teddy. That's that's <laughs> like the guy would just sell 10 cars and that's it. He wouldn't like go above and beyond. That's kind of like what I was doing. I was kind of just, you just rolling with emotions. That was it. Yeah. And then that book like really just defined like what did I need? What did I needed to do? What did I, what I needed to be? And I mean, I, I still, I still to this day will we'll listen to it. I get yeah. in the car, just audible. I mean, it just... Within five, ten minutes, I mean, I'm already jacked up. Yeah. That that book will make you run through a wall. It's yeah. the craziest thing. So you started listening to the book, you started doing the meditation, you started doing all of that that and and, and how does that change things for you? Like just following that habit that you're creating on a day to day basis? I mean it 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 changes absolutely everything. I mean, it did because my like my mindset got so much stronger. I mean, I still have like issues with it, but it's nowhere near that it was when I was, you know, selling cars, you know, or like when I first started and like something bad happened, like when I got my first chargebacks and I would like completely break down. I mean, now it's just, well, now I don't even look at my, like my bank account because I know like I mentally I'll, I'll slow down. So now I just go to work. I'm constantly just in work mode. So I don't have to, I don't need to know like how much I've got sitting in the, the bank account because I know that that's my issue. If I got a lot sitting in there, I'm going to relax. I'm going to like buy some stuff. But if I don't know what's in there, it's, uh, I just like, I always feel like I got to just keep moving. Um, but the, yeah, the, the meditation, I, I can't go a day without doing it because I know if I don't do it, I'm probably not gonna have the best day. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I have to do it because it just it grounds me. I think that I created this mindset that I'm like, like I literally create a bad day for myself if I don't do the meditation yeah. because it's like, oh, there's no way this can go right. Cause I didn't meditate today. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel the same way. I mean, I have to do it. If I don't do it today is just. I start telling myself, well, today's going to suck. I didn't yeah. do my meditation. So but. you started, go ahead. No, I was just going to add like, <clears throat> excuse me. Anytime, anytime you build any sort of routine and you stick to it, that's why athletes are very good at this. Like people who played uh, sports at, at a pretty competitive level, 
they already have the discipline that it takes to go to the gym every day, to be competitive every day, to look at themselves in the mirror, to be accountable in most cases, unless they're, you know, absolute divas, which do exist in the sports world mm -hmm. as well. Um, do you think, and we'll come back to Viv's question, do you think that that playing football or sports in general in a, in a competitive setting, like what kind of edge does that give you? Or does it give you an edge? Do you believe that it does? Like what's, what's your take on that? Because I, I do. I, I believe that because I played hockey and I captained a lot of my teams, that gives me an edge because I know, I know how to read people. I know how to lead by example. I know when it's time to take my foot off the gas or when, when it's time to accelerate. So just, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. Like, and, and what, is that something that you're looking in when you're trying to recruit people too? You know, just that, that, that steady um, effort, right, and exertion yeah. level. Yeah, I think uh, sports definitely, definitely helped. It kind of um, gave me that, that drive and, I guess, determination. Like when I was playing football or I had to work out, um, I knew I had to hit certain goals when it just came to lifting. Like I, was, I worked hard like in, in the gym. Um, and I think that someone who plays sports and they get like, you know, they're, they're a captain or maybe they're the, the number one person for like, you know, linebacker or receiver, they kind of have to lead by example for the new kids, you know, the freshmen that come, come on. Um, now my football team, they, we had some issues where almost, you could almost pay the pay off the coach to allow you to get like a starting position. We had this, this thing called like a touchdown club where, they, the parents could like mislead the, the coach and that kid would start when the kid sucked. But I got my position, like none of my family like told them to, you know, Hey, Austin is the greatest. I'll give you, I'll give you some money to have him start. I just worked extremely hard and that's how I was able to start, you know, or, or, um, when it came to, to lift in, to hit that, you know, the goal on the whiteboard, if it was to do, you know, this entire circuit within a certain time frame, you know, I, I just did it. I didn't have to have like, family influenced me to or influence the coaches to allow me to get a, a starting position um so i think that helped a lot where i was just able to when i was playing football and i had to work out or i had to run certain drills um i think that helped me a lot with my attitude and my like activity here because i kind of treat it like sports you know like just the routines that i have to do like back to dave anderson he's got this grooming routine so like my, just like I have a certain way that I, I shower now, a certain way that I brush my teeth, a certain way I wash my hair because now my hair is like a super delicate thing. <laughs> it's because uh, I was losing it all. So now I got to like really take care of it. Now you're like holding on for dear life. Yeah. I better take care yeah, of this. It's like, this, it's like grooming a dog. I'm just, you know, trying to pamper it. Um, but yeah, I think in anything with sports, if it's, I mean, again, I just played football, but like you did hockey, just being a captain and you having to lead from the front in sports, you do the same thing here. If you want someone to, you know, be extremely successful in this business, you have to do it first. So like when I was a senior or even when I was a junior and those freshmen would come in, you have to, if, if I'm a linebacker, if I'm a receiver, I need to like be working extremely hard at that position so that those kids can see it. I'm like, okay, I want to be like that guy. You know, I want to, I want to mimic what he's doing. Like if you just, if you um, half A word it, you know. Yeah, if you're just going through the motions, yeah, you're half-assing it, so you yeah. can say that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah you're not going to get the results or see the results in your team as well, like that trickle-down effect. 100%. I, I agree with all of it. I think it's um, – let me get myself on camera here. I, I think that it's 
someone's ability to resist and go through uh, ups and downs, that character that you really require in this industry. And on our team, correct me if I'm wrong, we've had people and we still have agents that have come from all different walks of life and all professions and all backgrounds. Not everyone was a college athlete. Not everybody played university hockey. Not everybody was, you know, double letters in every category and captained their teams and did all this great stuff. Not everyone came from sales at a very high level. Let's just call it what it is. You know, we've had people who were um, homemakers. We've had people like from everything you can imagine. We've had that. And I think the strength of our team is that we really galvanize and help galvanize people and build around what their strength is. And usually it comes down to, hey, what have you gone through? What are you looking to change and why? Right? Like for you, it was a better life for Jocelyn and Sailor. And you never wanted to be in a situation and you wanted a better life and a better surrounding other than your old circle of influence where it was, you know, party, party, party and, 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 and drink and smoke weed or whatever, right? And for us, it was, it was survival. We, were sur- we had to survive because uh, we, mm-hmm. we were done, you know? So I think that, I think that when it comes to sports, um, and just to conclude this bit of it, people who are athletes but have gone through adversity, they've been cut for, before, they haven't made their starting lineup, they didn't score the winning touchdown. They 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 made an errant pass in their own zone. Like in my case, I've I've my passes have been picked off. Like I've tried going cross ice from like behind the net and gets picked off and it's in the back of the net. It's like you learn those are learning, especially like in a, a tournament or something where the stakes are so high, you learn from that. And you bounce back and then you, you have that reflex that allows you to persevere and, and, and persist. So um but but that exists in all different aspects of life and all different backgrounds and upbringings but that's the quality that you need in this industry because it's hard it's tough mentally and physically too so um yeah anyway we took a little bit of a detour but i thought i think it's important because that your background is football yeah and people that are watching this they can relate to that and they would want to work with someone like you because you get they you get them and they get you and you can lead them better because you've been through what they've been through. Does that does that kind of make sense? Like what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Just working out in general, it uh, takes discipline to be able to just even do that. Uh-huh. You know, same things so of people that are just power lifters. I mean, that's a lot of discipline and just consistency. You take that same kind of effort into this. I mean, you'll see the results. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. I put you on the spot now, Viv. Me? I cut oh, you off. Oh, I'm, we're just oh, having I'm our here. moment. Our, no idea what you guys are talking about so i was just you know just watching i haven't i don't understand any sports i were, was really were, bad at sports when i tried all, doing it i know but you you were an actress and you had to reinvent yourself over and over and over again oh, yeah 100 so don't don't act as if it's like totally lost on you i mean you the had sports <laughs> the, very lost the, the if you theme. ask any of my teachers or my friends they would tell you that the, whenever somebody was trying to play volleyball at PE I was like there like Holy. trying to hit the, the, the ball and it was really bad I was trying to play but volleyball. Yeah, volleyball volleyball <laughs> on the best platform in the world you're okay. so cute okay so <laughs> the thing is it's not lost on you because you've had to audition for parts you were one of the biggest uh, actresses in, yeah, but in that, Brazil. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with sports. It's all good. But it's not. But we're co- we're trying to find a common theme, which is 
perseverance and overcoming obstacles. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm an entrepreneur since I was six. That's like I used to sell autographs. I used to go to, I used to go to to concerts with my neighbor and get little autographs from like famous people. People, I would do like a little. And then uh, what? uh, I would sell it on a little a little little bench outside of my house and make money at six years old. So yeah, like but 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 the thing is, like having that. uh, sports spirit, uh, having that entrepreneur spirit, like having that go-getting attitude, is is a common theme for sure. But going back to sports, I don't understand anything. So I, it's I, okay. I, I'll I, leave that with you, hockey I get, player. I get that love. I'm just saying, <laughs> there's a common line. Don't say it's like, hey, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, 100. percent It's just like going through the adversity, understanding how to overcome things, and understanding uh, what it takes to actually make it. You know, in this industry, it definitely is a, a, a huge, uh, you know, common denominator. Yeah. I'd let you love when we finish each other's sentences. Yes, Okay. Baby. So okay. <laughs> this is like a very off-the-cuff podcast. I like it because it's raw and it's like how we are. We're fun and we're nonsensical sometimes. But, so uh, I feel like, you know, gonna, like uh-huh, go ahead. 36 minutes is not enough to talk to Austin. But we're going to have this to do this again. Uh, talk more about where, you know, you are. What are you doing? Um, um, in the meantime, if anybody wants to work with you, Austin, and wants to be part of your team, wants to be coached by you, uh, how can they contact you? Probably just my phone number, my cell phone. Okay. Can we, have, can we have the number? Or I don't is know. That, do they have to, like, fast people search you? Probably, yeah, fast okay. people search. No, 540-739-0417. All right, any other ways they can get in touch with you? Instagram. Insta- Instagram, Austin S. Harless. Awesome. So... Give give us like, who are you looking to work with? What kind of people or what what are you looking for? Lifters, people that play sports, really anyone that just is willing to be like a dry sponge and just absorb everything. Just someone that will listen. Someone Coachable. Will, yeah. yeah. Coachable. Coachable. Go to work. Yeah. 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 Be mean, willing to sacrifice. Because I like, I think that's, that's so big. You, just have to, you have to be willing to sacrifice. If you have kids, you got to be you want to make something for your life, their life, you got to be willing to sacrifice something. Yep. A little bit of time. That's well said. All right, Austin. Thanks for joining us, Viv, as always. Thanks for being you. I just, oh, you all I don't want to say you thanks for joining welcome. us. I mean, you join me everywhere I go. So it's, we're, we're, okay. we're an item. You know? It right, is what honey. it is. So thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for bearing with us through the, some of the nonsense, but I hope you got a lot out of this call, uh, this uh, podcast that is. Um, thanks for joining the Growth Circle with a podcast with Adriano and Viv or Vivian and Adriano. Sometimes I got to look back with Vivian and Adriano. Thanks everyone for joining us on the Area Life Growth Circle podcast with Vivian and Adriano. If you guys are looking to join Hashtag Team Growth, you can find us at arealifegroup.com. You can also find us at Area Life Group on Instagram. And remember that growth is a continuous process. So keep pushing yourself, keep learning, and keep growing. Catch you on the flip side. Thank you.